Um, another day on the same walk. Oh! What? Another day on the same walk, a flasher jumped out on me from cover under the cliffs. He was naked and I was irate. <laughs> Before we dive in, a warning. The content of this podcast may not be appropriate for some young listeners. This is real life and that means that sometimes it can be a little bit graphic. So listen on at your own peril. As a veterinarian, dog behaviorist, best-selling author, and trainer, over the past decade, I've had an obsession with transforming the behavior of dogs, understanding their brains, and creating practical strategies that you can implement easily at home. I know all too well when the dream you imagined when you first got your dog is far from your daily reality. In fact, out of the blue, a few months ago, my little dog Gorse was bitten by a dog 20 times her size. And suddenly our life of stress-free walks, a calm and cuddly household and being teammates was replaced with reactivity, anxiety and worrying about what's around the next corner. I'm Dr. Tom, this is the Help My Dog podcast and this is me documenting that journey of transformation, sharing my knowledge and experience with you and having a few laughs along the way. All right, HMD family, this episode I think is going to make a lot of you feel better, okay? Um, and I don't know who needs to hear this right now, listeners, but you are doing great. And I know it doesn't feel like that all the time, right? I know it sometimes feels like you're doing rubbish and it feels like, you know, you're never going to get to where you want to get to. And I'm here to tell you that you are not the cause of your dog's behavior struggles. You are not the cause of their reactivity. Their reactivity is happening despite your best efforts, not because of your best efforts. And I know that that's probably going to shock many people that I'm saying that because most professionals actually, you know, you hear it all the time. Oh, it's the owner's fault. Oh, you know, you're not training the dog, you're training the owner. Um, and that is not accurate. That is not my experience having worked with thousands of dogs and owners. You know, it's not my experience um, as part of the Behavior Behave Clinic team where we see 400 plus dog owners every single month for online behavior consultation. It is just not the case. Everybody is trying their best, right? And I say everybody, everybody listening, right? Everybody that comes for a behavior consult, everybody in the Help My Dog Online Hub, just by the fact that you're putting yourself out there, you're open, you are looking for answers, means that really your dog could not wish for a, for a better owner. The, the reality is that the reason why there are so many dogs with behavior struggles more so nowadays than you know historically it seems is because dogs are st dogs still lack the same skills and have the same challenges but there are way more demands on them now than previously the world their worlds are much bigger expectation on dog owners is much bigger in that you know it's ex you're expected to do all these things with your dog or be able to do all these things with your dog right from the word go um, whereas before that wasn't an expectation right you, you know i often have this conversation with people where they'll say i remember when i was growing up and you know dogs didn't have these problems also 
dogs didn't used to do quite as much as they do now, right? You know, dogs used to be, have way more time to chill out in the garden. And the other thing is, is that dogs weren't, didn't used to be the center of attention, right? Dogs used to coexist and used to be around, but it wasn't like, oh, you know, everybody, you know, pile in um, because I've got a new puppy that I want to show off. And I, I'm not saying that that's bad, but I'm just saying it's like comparing apples and oranges, right? They, it, it was different worlds. And what we're saying is that we, we, we're drawing the wrong conclusion. What we're saying is, oh, dogs were so much better back then. Dogs were so much more skilled. No, they were just living in different worlds. The world today definitely highlights very common struggles that dogs have and will always have had. And the reason why I say they they always have had it is because actually many of the characteristics of certain breeds, yeah, that's because they've been selected for. So there are so like, let's take terriers, for example. A terrier is a terrier because of the job that they were bred for. I know I've just, and I must apologize, I'm literally just diving into this podcast and ranting, but I, you all need to hear this, right? This information needs to be out there. Terriers are ter called terriers based on the job that they were bred for, the job that they were selected for, right? And that is to be very stimulated by, by rodents or whatever flavor of terrier is you, you, we're talking about. Get very stimulated by them, engage with them, put them in their mouth, and then shake them and shake them while they're moving until they're no longer moving, yeah? And the way that that function was created is Individuals were selected to be very stimulated by movement, yeah? They were selected to be um, very bad at disengaging, yeah? The goal was 1,000% engagement, yeah? It doesn't get more engaged than having something in your mouth and shaking it, right? So this was selected for. They, they were meant to be rubbish at disengagement. They were, they were bred to have a very poor inbuilt dimmer switch, okay? They weren't meant to, you know, be able to like mooch around and be slightly stimulated by something and then calm down again and slightly stimulated by something over there and calm down again. They were bred to have an a, a arousal, brain arousal system, like a light switch. I am, I am stimulated by that movement over there and I act fast, otherwise the rodent's gonna disappear. All right, now think about that, yeah? Think about the, the terriers that you see walking around yeah, and the, the behavior problems that they have, right? People want to label it as behavior problems. Think about, think about this. Um, and then think about those three characteristics that are very factually part of, or meant to be part of every terrier, yeah? Very stimulated by movement. Really find it difficult to disengage. Have a light switch as an arousal system. They go from zero to 100. Is it that the dogs have changed, right? Or is it that actually the environments that they now find themselves in show those three weaknesses, right? And, and for example, they struggle with reactivity, they struggle with resource guarding, they struggle with chase, they can't be off lead because they're just so distracted and stimulated by the environment. And so I think what we have to start thinking about is instead of blaming ourselves and, and blaming each other and letting people blame you, right? Instead actually thinking, wow, I'm cool, yeah? I have brought this dog into my life. I'm the best dog owner that this dog could ever wish for because I'm aware that they're lacking certain skills and I know that I can skill them up in these areas, right? Because ultimately all, the, all three of those 
those weaknesses, you can you can turn them into strengths. You can. There's no reason with the right strategies to see it every day. We teach it every day. You can skill your terrier up to be totally calm around movement. You can skill your terrier up to be a, an ace at disengagement. You can skill your terrier up to have an amazing dimmer switch, right? We see it every day, whether that be in behavior consultation, whether that be hearing from you podcast listeners, whether that be in the Help My Dog Online hub where all of the practical video demonstrations and strategies are and everything else, right? Um, but, there's, but before we even dive into that, there's got to be an acknowledgement that an it's gonna, it's gonna take more than one podcast episode, I know. This is not your fault, right? This, I, I know that you've had like probably years of people blaming you and shaming you, and there's a big problem in dog ownership at the moment, and that is comparison, in that you, you, I bet you have, we all do it, compared yourself to other people or compared your dog to other people's dogs, and it's just a recipe for feeling bad, right? It just makes you feel rubbish. There's a really... Um, there's a really cool cartoon that I posted months ago on my um, on my personal page. If you search Tom Mitchell and you find my face and click on it and then scroll down my timeline, you'll see this. It's from months ago, but you'll see it. And basically, it was like a, a plumbing system, okay? That had a that that you know went from one side of the page to the other, and there were like taps and leaks and whatever whatever else along it. And, and the water in the plumbing system represented your motivation, okay? Represented your energy, your, um, your motivation to keep going and your, your energy that you've got to implement an action on, on your dreams, which you've got a dream for your dog. I know that's why you're listening. And, and what it showed is it started the piping, the pipe system was full of this, this energy um, at the start. But as it went along, there were leaks, and each leak represented some limiting belief or, or you know, negative um, self-talk, like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough, you, you know, my dog would do much better with someone else. That's a bit of a leak, right? Uh, my dog, yeah, those, those strategies might work for some dogs, but they won't work for my dog. Another leak. Then you go further down again, and it's, um, it's, oh, but I don't have the time, or I don't have the resource, or I don't have this, or I don't have that. A leak again. Then you go down a bit further. Well, my dog's a terrier, so that's just how terriers are, and it's how they have to stay, right? And there's another leak again. And then at the very end of the pipe system, there was one drip left after all of these leaks, right? One drip of, of what, what would have been your potential, because it all of these little leaks throughout the system. And I think it's so applicable to dog ownership that, you know, we, we compare ourselves to other people, we compare our dogs to other dogs, we're saying all this stuff, we picked up all this baggage um, a, a, along the journey of there's no hope, this can be really difficult, it's gonna be really challenging. We've been told so many times that it's our fault when actually it's not. And then you've got this little drip at the end of it. And so what I want to do is actually cover this on the podcast because for me until we can really step into that that true real factual belief that you're amazing and you're doing great and that this is not because of you it's actually probably be much worse if you were not doing what you're doing then we've only got a drip to work with but if you fix that we've got a lot to work with and then the step by step and the moving forward and the you know make actual like training of a dog is quite straightforward it's not difficult doesn't take a lot of time yeah um behavior struggles can be transformed like this is not that's the easy bit but we've got to get the mindset right first now on the subject of mindset okay 
I know, and this is why we included this in this podcast, where Madeline and I, you know, were, were thinking about all the things that we wanted to share in the Help My Dog podcast. We were like, we need to normalize this. We need to normalize dog ownership a bit more. We need to, we, we want people to realize and, and openly talk about. And if, you know, let's, if a dog trainer behaviorist, vet behaviorist is openly talking about how we invite animals into our lives not to be robots, then hopefully that'll, you know, start a ripple that might mean that other dog owners coming into this world aren't victim of shaming and guilt tripping and, you know, being told feelings of not being good enough. It was this section that's coming up, okay? Um, and it's called the It Could Be Worse section. And it's where we actually celebrate the fact that we're living with animals and therefore sometimes they do stuff that is embarrassing, that we are shocked by. Um, and true, there are some truly shocking ones um, that, that actually are, in recent years have been we've been made to feel bad about because apparently we're meant to have like these perfect dogs all the time but actually this is one of the reasons why we got our dogs for uncertainty laughter joy uncertainty variety adventure this is the adventure <laughs> so let's hear some cringe stories <laughs> All right, so here we go. Are you ready for this? Imagine my little dog, a German miniature Spitz. Felicity. That's a nice name. <laughs> well done, well done. Um, Felicity, the German miniature Spitz. A tiny thing even now, but back then she was a puppy. In other words, a small and beautiful fluff ball with a very pretty and lovely face. Everybody always wanted to pet her, and they kept telling me how lucky I was to have her. Little did they know what a handful she was. One of her things was that it was absolutely impossible to take anything away from her. One day, a friend of mine, also a dog owner, and I went to a pet store, and I took Felicity with me. We were looking around, and as usual, everybody there was admiring Felicity. Suddenly, there's a bit of envy here. It's like, <laughs> as usual, everybody was there admiring Felicity. Suddenly, she discovered a box with pieces of antlers on the floor. And I didn't notice it before she grabbed one. Well, I thought we already had enough of those and I surely didn't want to buy more. So I tried to gently take it from her. When I tried to take it, I wasn't surprised that she growled at me but other people in the store were a different story. Just imagine a little fluff ball growling as if, they, as if they're going to tear you apart if you approach or as if their life itself depended on that antler piece and they were determined to defend it at all costs. Oh, Felicity. Um, <laughs> I wonder if those people still thought I was lucky to have my beautiful pup. Three of us now, my friend and I, my friend and I, and also a shop assistant were trying our best, but she would not give it back. No amount of persuading, saying gentle words, or offering tasty treats helped. What were these gentle words? <laughs> then my friend said, okay, I'll just take it from her. Let her think I'm bad, not you. And she somehow managed to seize the antler back. 
And finally, we were out of the store. After a while, when Felicity and I happened to be at the same store again, she immediately headed towards that box. I was prepared and didn't let her. The shop ass assistant said, it's okay. But then she recognized Felicity and continued, oh, I see, it's that one. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. I want to meet Felicity. We need to do like a cringe get together. Yeah. Right, so next one. Uh, Tom, this is two stories from the same person. Ooh. That's a note to you. You don't have to read that. Oh. <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> All right, story number one. <laughs> I used to walk up to five dogs at the weekend and after school on a Friday when I was a teenager. On one walk along the low-lying cliffs in Norfolk, we passed a holiday camp. The dogs had been busy running up and down the cliffs and deserted beach below, playing and generally having fun. Unfortunately, they got overexcited when they saw people on the holiday camp beach. It was far too late when I heard screams of dismay and realized that there was a sandcastle building competition in progress. As the, oh my gosh, no! As the dogs jumped on the sandcastles, they were sure were done purely for their entertainment. That is, that is mortifying. I ran for it and the dogs all followed, but the damage was done. Fortunately, I was miles from home and no one knew me. There is one thing that dogs love and it is to jump in other people's hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a magnet. It is. Yeah. Ketone thinks they're a boundary. We have this all the time on the beach, don't we? She's like, oh, sandcastle, it's a boundary. And then she's like plonked in the middle of... Uh... The worst thing is her little helicopter tail just continues yeah. to mash up all the sand. <laughs> <laughs> right, next. This is from the same person. Um, another day on the same walk... Oh! What? <laughs> Another day on the same walk, a flasher jumped out on me from cover under the cliffs. He was naked and I was irate. <laughs> One of the dogs could growl on command. So on being startled by the flasher, I quickly grabbed the staffy and he growled. Then I, what? Then I ran at the flasher. Why are we running at the flasher? Why is, the... then I ran at the flasher. With a screaming girl and five dogs in hot pursuit, the naked bloke ran for his life. We, we chased him across fields. Leave it. It's done. Back off. Gosh. We, we chased him across fields. I'd only left off, um, only left off when getting close to a road. I called the dogs off and continued walking home. On the way back, I passed a police car who occasionally sat there looking for the flashers as it was a known local issue. <laughs> I think it is an issue. Really? I once got flashed on a train. <laughs> I did. I did. It was when I it was when I lived in Italy and I was in an upstairs carriage and I just kind of just carried on reading my book. I didn't really know what. I didn't run at him. I don't. I don't. I didn't have a growling dog though, so otherwise I would have definitely run at him. Um, so <laughs> um, I took a deep breath and ignored them as I didn't want my mother. What? Is that right? I took a deep breath and ignored them as I didn't want my mother to find out. She would never have let me out again. Oh, I'm following. Also, I would only have been able to describe... <laughs> also, I would only have been able to describe the guy's butt. Um, 
Besides, I didn't think he'd risk trying it on again for quite a while. In my defense, I was only a teenager when all the above happened. Dog, dog walks were the best times. Oh, I remember the days of chasing flashes with, with my growling staffy. <laughs> Those were the days, right. Awesome, I love that one. Love it, right. Um, next, it took me by surprise, and I'm getting used to these stories. Um, so, uh, my girls are Spanish ex-puppy farm pups. Their arrival was very last minute, and, they were and we were totally unprepared. The handover was done outside Lidl, and we literally had nothing for them. <laughs> Carrying two puppies without so much as a collar between them, we crossed the road to a shop that sold everything. We stood outside by the, do by the no dogs allowed sign and asked very politely if we could please take them in, and we keep hold of them while we bought them so some much needed bits. They waved us in and told us to be quick. We frantically tried to find collars that fit them, some toys and a bed. And we were waiting at the checkout. Nina started to urge. Is Nina the puppy? Yeah. Okay. Nina started to urge. The poor little mite had been fed a meal before the car journey, and now was the time for the meal to reappear. I dropped all the stuff in a heap as I intended to leg it out the door. Didn't want to be arrested for shoplifting well thought, but there was no time. My only option was to catch the vomit in my free hand. My hand wasn't big enough and the rest went over my jumper. Oh, God, I'm having flashbacks to the hot rancid chocolate episode. <laughs> Thankfully, none landed on the people in front of us. Oh, yeah, good. I think that was, of all the, of all the options you had available to you, I think that was the one. Yeah? Definitely you think yeah. of a better one? Uh, no, so have we got any words of advice? For, um, no? No, it was a very urgent situation. Yeah, yeah, just, just catch it. Yeah, right. Awesome. So, guys, that was, that was the it could be worse section of the podcast. I hope you got some value today. And the main value that I, I hope you got is that we start to put some focus on mindset. Um, because if, we, if you're currently feeling demotivated and you're feeling like, um, you know, you don't have the energy to move forward, then think about all those little leaks, right? You start, let's think, imagine that you start every day with n renewed potential, renewed energy to direct into moving towards your dream with your dog. And throughout the day, drip by drip, leak by leak, limiting belief by limiting belief, negative self-talk by negative self-talk, you find that there's only a little drip left at the end of the day. Let's put some attention to closing the leaks. Let's put some attention to actually making the most of that energy that you've got, which I know, I promise you, like I can direct that in the right areas and you're going to be steadily moving towards your dog owning dream. It's possible, but we've got to work on those things first. That was this episode of the Help My Dog podcast. We'll see you next time. Leave a review if you have not already. And if you've got a cringe story, especially if it involves a flasher, they're popular, then email to cringe at helpmydog.com. I will see you next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs>